Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to focus on one of the most famous grape varieties in the world, Chardonnay, a variety that's familiar to wine consumers all over the world, whether they're novices or experts. Chardonnay excites a lot of different opinions some of them very positive. It's considered responsible for some of the greatest wine in the world, particularly in Burgundy but elsewhere, whereas others refuse to drink Chardonnay, and these are called anything but Chardonnay, or ABCs. Chardonnay is made in a huge range of styles and quality, which is why people react to it in different ways, and we'll look at the history of Chardonnay and explain why people react to it so strongly. But first of all, what is Chardonnay? Well, Chardonnay is a natural crossing between Pinot Noir and Gouet Blanc, which is an obscure Burgundy variety, which isn't particularly important for wine production, but is extremely important in its history of of producing grapes, crossing with Pinot Noir to produce Chardonnay, as well as Aligoté and Gamay. And Burgundy is Chardonnay's natural home, where it produces some of the world's best wine. It has a couple of issues. It buds early, which means it can be susceptible to frost in cooler climates, such as Champagne, Chablis and Burgundy. Um, and also, it can suffer from millerandage, which is also called hen and chickens. And this is when the, oh, the berries ripen unevenly. And so you'll have, when Veraison happens, you'll have big grapes which are fully developed, and then you might have really small grapes that don't develop into um, full size. And if you're looking for high levels of production, that is an issue. However, if you're looking for quality, it's actually considered quite a good thing, because those small berries add tannin to the wine, so add a bit of texture and uh, mouthfeel to the wine, which is really good. Apart from this, Chardonnay is quite an easy grape to grow, and that's one of the reasons why it's so widely grown around the world. It's very adaptable, and will grow in cool climates such as Chablis, and warm climates such as California or Australia. And that, of course, produces a lot of different styles. One thing you do have to watch for is yields. If yields are above 80 hectolitres per hectare, then quality does suffer. And fine wine is usually from yields below 30 hectolitres per hectare. So really depending on the quality that you're going for. And it's the usual thing. The fewer grapes, the higher quality they are. So Chardonnay is a fairly neutral grape variety. It doesn't really uh, taste or smell of that much. In a cool climate, you'll get green apples and citrus aromas. In a moderate climate, more stone fruit aromas. And in a warm climate, more tropical fruit aromas. But these are quite muted. It is not an aromatic grape. But this is one of the reasons why Chardonnay is so versatile. It can be made in lots of different styles in all these different regions. And two important production uh, techniques which are uh, relevant to Chardonnay is the use of malolactic fermentation and also the use of oak. So malolactic fermentation is, again, it can be natural or it can be induced, but it happens at warmer temperatures and it changes the uh, type of acid in the Chardonnay wine from malic acid, which is what you find in apples, so really kind of tart um, acid, to lactic acid, which is what you find in dairy products, so more creamy. And that's where you get those butter, cream, yogurt, cheese aromas coming from the malolactic fermentation. And this happens almost universally in Champagne, Chablis and Burgundy. In Champagne and Chablis you don't notice it too much because the acidity is naturally so high that converting into lactic acid just merely softens that acidity but it's still very high. But it does give something of a mouthfeel to the wines. Whereas in Burgundy, which is a bit warmer, you will notice the malolactic fermentation more clearly with those dairy aromas. 
And then if you go to a really warm climate, such as uh, Central Valley in California or inland Australia, that malolactic fermentation becomes overpowering and you get really rich, buttery, almost sweet aromas. The use of oak is also extremely important, and the finer the Chardonnay, the more likely you are to find oak. And these will be small oak barrels, 225 litres in Burgundy, and they just add texture and spice and complexity to the wine, and also allow the wine to mature in the barrel before being released in the bottle, which will add to the wine's ageability. But then with cheaper wines, um, oak chips might be used as a replacement to kind of replicate those oak aromas. But then there are also styles of Chardonnay which do not use oak. So in Champagne it's very rare to see new oak and maybe a little bit of old oak. In Chablis most of the wines have no oak. Um, Premier Cru might have some old oak. On Grand Cru maybe 5 to 10% new oak. So very different styles according to the amount of oak that is used. And then finally, lees may be used as well, so aging the wine on its lees to give more body, more texture, and more of a creamy mouthfeel. So what happens in the winery is quite important with Chardonnay because it isn't so neutral. And Chardonnay is usually on its own, certainly in Chablis and the rest of Burgundy, and in single varietal wines across the world, but it can be blended. Certainly in Champagne it will be blended with Pinot Noir and Meunier. And then sometimes it's blended with different grape varieties around the world, but it's usually on its own. So let's look at the different regions around the world which plant Chardonnay. And we start with Burgundy, which is Chardonnay's home. And Burgundy is all about terroir. The different um, villages and the different vineyards forming different expressions of Chardonnay, as is the case with uh, Pinot Noir. It's most famous in, Bo in the Côte de Beaune, so the southern part of Côte d'Or. And here you have famous vi villages such as Meursault, Chassagne-Montrachet, Pouligny-Montrachet, and Montrachet itself is considered the finest vineyard in the world for, um, uh, for Chardonnay. And these all these different villages and vineyards will produce subtly different styles of Chardonnay all about the aspect of the vineyard, the soil, where the vineyard is located, producing different styles. But the general um, style will be the use of oak. That depends on the producer, how much oak is used, and also the quality of the grapes will determine how much oak is going to be used, and also malolactic fermentation. So these wines will have a creamy richness to them, some spice, or some almost tannic structure. Chablis is technically part of Burgundy but produces quite a different style of Chardonnay. It's further north so it's quite a bit cooler and so acidity will be very high. The wines go through malolactic fermentation but as I mentioned you won't really notice them, it's not the most obvious thing as it is in the rest of Burgundy because the acidity is so naturally high and these wines will be quite neutral and this is all about the texture of the wine rather than the aromas. So describing Chablis can be quite difficult because there aren't that many aromas to the wines, but the texture of the wine, that mineral acidity, is what gives Chablis its structure and its quality. Chablis is not far from Champagne, which um, Chardonnay there is the third most planted grape variety after Pinot Noir and Meunier, but increasingly important, it's being planted more and more. And Chardonnay in Champagne contributes acidity, it contributes elegance and delicacy, and it's really a very important part of a wine's ageability. If it's on its own, it's called Blanc de Blanc, so a white champagne made from white grapes, and these will be the most acidic and the leanest style of champagne. And elsewhere in France, it is used for sparkling wine, usually as a blending component in Alsace, Loire, and Limoux. But only uh, as a blending, not on its own. 
And then there's one other region in France where Chardonnay is quite important, and that's Jura, a very small region just um, east of Burgundy. And Chardonnay here will be on its own, or it will be blended with um, Sauvignon, which is the most important local grape variety. And these will be quite similar to Burgundy, but a much better price. So it is a nice region to look out for. This, as I mentioned, production is very small. Moving outside of France, um, so lots of Chardonnay planted in Italy, which may be quite surprising, as you don't really see Italian Chardonnay that much. But there are actually 20,000 hectares planted in Italy, compared to the 48,000 planted in France. So, sizable amount in Italy. It is used in Suave to blend with Garganega, usually for Suave, but not for Suave Classico. Suave Classico is all about Garganega, the local grape variety. But it will be um, added to um, suave, basic suave, kind of balance the garganega. And then there is some varietal wine all over Italy. For quality, Alto Adige in the north, which is very good for white grapes, and also Friuli, another region which uh, revolutionized white winemaking in Italy. For the, uh, across the border in Austria, it's actually called Morillon, and you see a little bit of that, but not too much. In Spain, it's also um, planted a little bit, 7,000 hectares here, and Spain generally is just too hot really for, to produce quality uh, Chardonnay. But Catalonia by the coast is where Chardonnay is most likely to be planted, and it is used a little bit for cava, and um, certainly the higher quality cavas are more likely to be made from Chardonnay, or have Chardonnay as a major part of the blend. So important for sparkling wine there, just as it is in Champagne. Moving away from Europe, we go to the USA, which has the which is the second most um, the second highest country for the plantings of Chardonnay, with 41,000 hectares. And this um, country has seen Chardonnay boom in the last 40 years. In California, which is 90% of U.S. production, in 1980 there there were just 7,000 hectares. Now there are 38,000 hectares in California alone. And that was the huge boom in the 90s and 2000s, which saw the popularity of Chardonnay skyrocket. And that was where the ABCs come in. The popularity of Chardonnay had a big uh, kickback. And that's because the Chardonnay was coming from warmer parts of California and Central Valley. They would go through malolactic fermentation just as they would in Burgundy, replicating that style, but the climate's much warmer. So the acidity is not as high, and putting a low acidity wine through malolactic fermentation just makes the wine far too soft, and you get these ripe tropical fruit aromas and then the really creamy butteriness, making the wines very unbalanced. And uh, Rombauer is the most famous example of that style, and it's still popular. Chardonnay accounts for 23% of purchases in the USA. So it really does dominate. But there's been evolving styles of Chardonnay in the US as quality producers look for cooler climates to produce more restrained, more elegant Chardonnay. And if you want to look for that, look for Sonoma Coast, Santa Barbara area, which is the, a cooler part of California. And these have higher acidity, still fruity, still um, full-bodied, but much more restrained and balanced. Outside of California, there are plantings in Washington, which produce quite full-bodied styles of Chardonnay, in Oregon and in New York. Oregon should be ideal for Chardonnay, but they planted the wrong type of clone back in the 1970s, and this was um, the clone intended for warmer parts of California, and Oregon's climate is much cooler, so it produced um, kind of unbalanced wines in that climate. 
But now uh, the proper clones, burgundy clones, have been planted in Oregon, and the style of Chardonnay here is much higher quality, really restrained and intense. Um, but not, producers are still reluctant to plant Chardonnay because of that past experience. Hopefully they'll plant more. And then um, over the border in Canada, there's a growing wine industry, and Chardonnay works here. It's got a cool climate, both in British Columbia, just north of Washington, and also across the country in Niagara. And these wines will be quite similar to Chablis in their intense acidity, but maybe with some more oak. And It's kind of hard to find Canadian wine outside the country, but it is getting better and better. The other really important country for Chardonnay is Australia, and there's 28,000 hectares of plantings here. Although that has been in decline, because like California, there was a boom in Chardonnay in the 90s and 2000s, and then people kind of got a bit tired of it. And those styles of wine were the same as California, big, rich, full-bodied, um, and too much oak, too much malolactic fermentation. And now there is a similar trend in Australia as producers look for cooler regions. So the best regions for Chardonnay are Margaret River in Western Australia, which produces some extremely good Chardonnay. And then across in South Australia, Adelaide Hills produces very good Chardonnay with higher altitude and some um, inf influence from the ocean. And then also Tasmania, which is emerging as a very exciting region for cooler climate styles of wine. New Zealand have never really taken to Chardonnay, which is a shame because it can work there. Hawke's Bay produces some full-bodied styles of Chardonnay, but it's at its best in central Otago. But there the focus has been on Pinot Noir and also on Pinot Gris. But the Chardonnay here, in this continental climate, quite extreme, the acidity remains high, but you've still got that fruitiness to it, that body, but um, very few producers work with it, unfortunately. And there's just 4,000 hectares planted in New Zealand, the lowest of all the major wine-producing countries. Chile, um, again, is looking for cooler climates, so that kind of overall trend across the New World, looking for the cooler climates to produce more balanced styles of Chardonnay and wine in general. And here Casablanca and San Antonio Leda, right next to the coast, uh, are quite cool and produce really nice Chardonnays, so something to look out for. Argentina, they're looking for high altitude, again, for the cooler climate, and the Uco Valley um, above Mendoza produces some really good Chardonnay with that high altitude, maintaining the acidity, but all that sunshine giving the wines body and structure as well. And then finally, in South Africa, they haven't really taken to Chardonnay that much either, 8,000 hectares planted here. Um, but the major region here is Walker Bay, and that's, again, by the sea or by the ocean, and that just cools the conditions down, it's quite breezy, and particularly in the sub-region of Hemel and Arda, some exceptional Chardonnays being made here following that international trend for higher acidity, more balanced, more restrained styles of Chardonnay. So Chardonnay has been up and down over the last 20 years, but it still remains very popular despite uh, some people refusing to drink it. But it's all about the style, how is it being made and where is it being made to produce very different types of Chardonnay. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. <laughs>